Well, last week we left the story in Acts and Paul's journeys in a little bit of a cliffhanger. Some of Paul's beloved people were waving goodbye to him as he boarded a ship heading eventually to Jerusalem. It was their spirit-led belief that he should not go way too dangerous, and they weren't really wrong. But the same spirit told Paul that he must go to Jerusalem and eventually to the heart of the empire, to Rome, to bring the good news. He well knew it was perilous, but he was determined to follow the Spirit's leading nonetheless. So before we pick the story up from where we left off last week, just a short word of prayer. O Lord, open our eyes to see you. Open our ears to hear you. Open our hearts to receive you. Amen. So Paul carried on traveling from island to island, getting ever more close to Jerusalem. And at more than one place, the scene that we engaged last week repeated itself. The people would say, no, don't go, don't go. And again, he said, I must, I must. And then would get back on the ship and head off for the next port. Eventually, he did reach Judea and traveled to Jerusalem, where some friends met him. His friends were worried about him there, too. They had heard rumors that many Jews thought that he was leading people away from the Jewish faith, encouraging them to break the law of Moses. He, his friends hatched up a plan uh, to which he agreed to show how faithful he was to the Jewish beliefs. His head shaved and accompanied by four other Jewish Christians, he undertook the week-long rites of purification. So far, so good. But on the last day while he was in the temple, some Jews from Asia spotted him. They stirred up the crowd, accusing him of leading people away from the law and the temple. They accused him, too, of bringing Greeks into the temple. Now, none of this was actually true. But once a crowd is stirred up, it takes on a life of its own. So the enraged mob grabbed Paul, and they dragged him out of the temple and made sure that the door was closed behind him. They probably didn't want any chance of him getting back into the temple and seeking sanctuary. And once outside, they started to beat on him. Now, the Roman presence in the city was headed by a tribune, and the barracks actually overlooked the temple area. Um, And this was not by chance. Um, The Romans liked to keep an eye on what was going on in the temple because during the many festivals, often unrest grew, and this was bad. The tribune was expected to keep the peace, to keep law and order. So hearing about the noise, he grabbed a few centurions and some other soldiers and hurried out to see what was going on. Well, when this Roman entourage arrived, things came to a pretty uh, swift stop. The crowd stopped beating on Paul And 
looked to see what the Romans were going to do. Well, the tribune surveyed the scene and decided not to arrest any of the beaters, but rather the BT, Paul. He thought, this fellow must have done something wrong to stir up this much antagonism. So he had Paul arrested and chained. And then he tried to find out what was going on. He asked this person and that person, and they were shouting answers at him that were different, and he decided this was going nowhere. So he ordered the soldiers to bring Paul back to the barracks. The people followed, however, and they were still very angry and very noisy. In fact, things were getting out of control again, and the tribune actually had to have his men carry Paul up the steps to the top of the barracks. Just before entering, Paul said something to the tribune. We don't really know what, but he said it in Greek. And this made the tribune stop and consider things. This was not that Egyptian fellow that had stirred up the last riot. Who are you, he asked Paul. I am Paul, a Jew, a Jew from Tarsus, which is a pretty great city. Would it be okay if I spoke to these people? Well, the tribune decided to allow it. So Paul addressed the people in Hebrew, and he gave his testimony. He talked about how he had been raised as a good Jew, how he had studied to be a Pharisee. And then he told about his conversion on the road to Damascus. He still had the crowd with him. They seemed to be listening intently. But then he got to the part about him being sent by God to witness to the Gentiles, and things deteriorated rapidly. The crowd exploded, yelling, waving their clothes, throwing dust in the air. The tribune had had enough. He brought Paul back to the barracks. To try to get at the truth, he ordered that Paul be whipped, and they were just getting ready to do this, when Paul kind of leans over and says to a nearby centurion, are you sure it's okay to whip a Roman citizen? Well, that stopped things in a hurry. The centurion went and told the tribune, who came and talked to Paul. He said, how are you a Roman citizen? I paid an enormous amount of money for my Roman citizenship. Paul said, I was born a Roman citizen. So after that long introduction, we've kind of filled in the space at where today's passage comes in. So the next morning, the tribune wanted to find out more about what Paul had been accused of. He summoned the council, known as the Sanhedrin, and had them meet, and he set Paul before them. Paul looked closely at the council. I imagine he had a piercing kind of stare, the kind of stare that kind of makes you think the person can see right through you. And he said, I have lived before God in good conscience up to this day. At that point, the high priest had him struck on the mouth. Paul said, God will slap you down. What a fake you are. You sit there and judge me by the law, 
and then break the law by having me slapped about. How dare you talk to God's high priest like that? Paul acted surprised. How was I to know he was the chief priest? He wasn't acting like the chief priest. You're right. The scripture does say, don't speak abusively to the rulers of the people. Sorry. While Paul was respected the office, even if he didn't respect the person holding the office. So Paul's pretty savvy. He looks around and he well knows that this Sanhedrin is made up of both Pharisees and Sadducees, and they have differing views on the resurrection. So I think stirring the waters a little, he says, it is because of the hope and the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial. The scene immediately became chaotic. The two sides arguing, they'd been having this argument for generations, so it was clearly not going to go anywhere. The Pharisees eventually had to side with Paul because they believed in resurrection. And they said, we don't find anything wrong with this man. And then the argument got heated up again, went back and forth, and was starting to get violent. So the tribune was forced to rescue Paul again. Paul must have been a little perplexed. He had been rescued previously from the Romans. Now in the space of 24 hours, he'd been rescued three times by the Roman tribune. Hmm, what was God up to? I've always thought of Paul as being pretty fearless, but I think he was a little shaken up by the day's events. must have been hard for him to find his fellow Jews accusing him of breaking the law, of being unfaithful to the God he had served his whole life. The next night, the Lord came to him and offered these words of comfort and reassurance. Take courage, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness in Rome. The God who had been with him and protected him in the past would continue to be with him as his journey took him eventually to Rome. Take courage. What does it mean to have courage? To be brave, to have backbone, spirit, daring, heroism, fortitude, boldness. Does it mean to be completely without fear? Sometimes I think we think we're good Christians only if we have nothing to fear. Interestingly, the dictionary definition that I found says, the ability to do something that frightens me. Having courage doesn't eliminate all our fears, but it does help us get past those paralyzing fears that keep us from moving forward. I have dental phobia. I do not like going to the dentist. I know this fear dates back to some very bad experiences I had as a child. But I have a super marvelous, wonderful dentist now. But I still have that nagging fear as the appointment time approaches. But now I have two things that help. I have enough courage to get myself to the appointment. 
and I have a more recent, better history. I know from seeing this dentist over the last several years that everything will be okay. So where do you need courage? Maybe you need courage to get to school because someone's being unfriendly there, tormenting you. Maybe you need courage to stand by someone else who's being bullied. Maybe exams terrify you. Perhaps you need courage to go to work because the atmosphere there is very toxic or the boss is too overly demanding. Maybe some days you just need courage to get up and face another day. God says to you, Take courage. I was with you yesterday, and I will surely be with you today. Those of us who are older have the benefit of having what I've called kind of a spiritual memory. We know how God has been with us in the past and can take assurance from that that he will be with us in the future. But if you are very young, you may need to borrow this memory from a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, someone who's been on the journey a little longer Ask mom and dad to tell you stories about how God has been with them, and you will know that God will be with you too. So we need to encourage each other with our stories of faith so that they may inspire us to carry on. So take courage and be prepared to be surprised. Paul had several years of ministry ahead of him, even though he was in prison. He would even have the opportunity to testify before Roman governors. And he would write letters that have become some of the most beloved parts of our New Testament. God will surprise you as you grab on to even a little courage and move forward, not totally without fear, but with the assurance that God goes with you into school, into work, into life. So as you come to the table today, I invite you in your heart to just ask God for the courage you need. Say to him, I need courage today too, and then fill in the blank. And the Lord will meet you here, and he will surely give you what you need. So blessings to you all as you continue the journey.